0: Taiwan's partial reopening is scheduled to start next Tuesday, but already local governments have announced plans to partially opt out. As of this evening, more than half of the cities and counties have said they will maintain the ban on dining-in at restaurants, which will be restricted to take-out only. In New Taipei, Mayor Ho Youyi has decided not to reopen any of the indoor venues closed at the start of the Level 3 alert. In Taipei, Mayor Ko will keep many venues closed, but will allow movie theaters and sports centers to reopen with certain restrictions.
1: Looking straight to the camera, the mayor of Taipei spoke to suffering businesses in the food and drink industry. Although the CECC will permit dine-in service once again next Tuesday, Taipei has decided not to join the reopening.
2: We have three general principles. Dining in comes last. What comes first is livelihoods and economic recovery, as well as the continuity of critical functions in society. The third principle is that we will have preventative measures in place as we open up. Be it vaccines, reduced capacity or crowd diversion, such measures are still needed.
1: Mayor Ke spelled out his plan for Taipei's reopening, asking residents to get on board. Food vendors at department stores, hypermarkets and night markets will continue to be restricted to take out service. In addition, Taipei won't reopen sports fields in schools, children's amusement parks, the zoo or the Taipei Astronomical Museum. Libraries will stay closed too, although patrons can check out books online and pick them up in person. What can reopen are movie theaters if they enforce mask wearing and a ban on food and drink. Tickets can only be sold through advance reservations, and seating must be socially distanced. Also to reopen are 23 sports venues like baseball fields, table tennis facilities, and fitness centers, with basketball courts the exception due to the high-contact nature of the sport. At all reopened sports venues, showers and other amenities will stay closed, and there will be a limit of 20 people indoors and 40 people
2: outdoors. Particularly because New Taipei is still a hot zone, we need to tread cautiously. We cannot lower our guard. We will use Level 3 guidelines as our standard. Restrictions will be the rule and reopening will be the exception.
1: In New Taipei, City Mayor Hou has also maintained the ban on dining in. At restaurants, night markets, and food courts, it'll still be takeout only. Not only that, libraries, movie theaters, school sports fields, and city sports centers will stay closed.
0: <laughs>
2: Has the epidemic stabilised 100%? What if we allow the virus to resurge during the process of our reopening? We cannot endure more of such devastation. There are still undetected sources of infection in the community. Have we reached an appropriate vaccination rate? Without taking such measures, reopening is easier said than done.
1: New Taipei will not reopen any indoor venues, but it will open the outdoor facilities of museums and cultural and creative parks. Visitors will be capped at 40 percent capacity. It will also reopen an outdoor scenic attraction and trails, but visitor volume will also be limited. All the way to July 26, New Taipei will review its reopening policies on a rolling basis.
0: For a full week now, all international arrivals have had to be tested three times for COVID. So far, this triple screening system has detected three cases of the Delta variant arriving from the UK and Indonesia. It's also found two cases of the Gamma variant and one case of the Alpha variant. Let's hear from a health official. Our
2: Delta case count so far includes these three imported cases and the grandmother and grandson who returned from Peru some time ago. So for the Delta variant, there are a total of five cases. Meanwhile, there is case 15113, a Taiwanese woman in her 50s who recently returned from Cambodia. She has the UK variant, but her variant is somewhat different from the one behind the current epidemic in Taiwan. Then, there is case 15180, a teenager who recently returned from the U.S. After the confirmation of the diagnosis, a sample was sent for lab testing, and it was found that the virus is the Brazilian variant.
0: On Friday, Taiwan reported 32 local COVID cases, 4 imported cases and 12 deaths. The daily case count was higher compared to the day before, when there were just 18 local cases. But Health Minister Chen Shizhong said that overall, the numbers show that the epidemic is trending down. Japan's second donation of AstraZeneca vaccines is being inspected and could be ready for use within a week. The shots will be offered to two more priority groups, 9 and 10. Group 9 is adults up to 64 years old who have a rare disease, a, quote, catastrophic illness or a condition that would put them at risk if they get COVID, such as bronchitis. Group 10 is any adult aged 50 to 64. Under this expanded program, 9 million more adults will be able to get vaccinated.
1: A second vaccine donation from Japan, comprising 1.13 million AstraZeneca doses, touched down in Taiwan and was sent to cold storage facilities on Thursday afternoon. The Taiwan CDC hopes to complete testing in one week and to begin administering the vaccines from next Friday. A doctor says that to speed up vaccination, shots should be made available at local clinics. He says that the vaccine drive can be made more efficient through the use of public
2: surveys.
3: For <laughs> example,
2: For example, making jabs available at clinics would allow people nearby to get vaccinated. The second thing is that the vaccine booking system should be used to follow up with the user to see if people who express willingness actually go get vaccinated later.
1: Earlier this week, the government launched an online appointment system for vaccines. Until 5 p.m. on July 12th, people in the 9th and 10th priority groups will be able to register their vaccine preferences on the platform. Eligible people are those with rare or serious illnesses and injuries, as well as adults age 50 to 64. Altogether, about 9 million people qualify.
2: After you reach a certain age, you become more vulnerable to injuries. Those people should get vaccinated as soon as possible. But there should also be arrangements for everyone else to get shots. Getting more younger people vaccinated can reduce transmission among them.
1: Vaccine coverage in Taiwan currently stands at 12 percent. The government hopes to double that by the end of July. Although vaccine eligibility has continued to widen, social welfare associations say the government has forgotten about people with physical and mental disabilities.
2: Not all of us have a card for severe illness. They are something only a few have we also don't live in institutions. When caregivers have to go out to buy things, they bring germs back home. If they are carrying the virus, those who are vulnerable will be the first to suffer.
1: The group says people with disabilities are at a high risk of developing severe COVID symptoms and should be added to the fifth priority group for their protection.
0: The government will lift some COVID restrictions next Tuesday, allowing businesses like fitness centers and movie theaters to reopen. However, cram schools and preschools will have to stay closed. The policy came much to the dismay of working parents, who flooded the health ministry's Facebook page with complaints. Administrators of these schools also protested the rules, saying that their very livelihoods are at stake.
1: Teachers stand in formation outside a preschool, protesting in unison. Level 3 has brought a massive impact to businesses, preschools and cram schools included.
2: If you continue to extend it, at least 10 schools will go bankrupt, because it seems that two are already done with. There is no income, but teachers' salaries still have to be paid. Everything still needs to be paid for, so we are actually under a lot of pressure.
1: The principal said there's immense financial pressure, with Level 3 extended to July 26th. Even with some restrictions lifted, preschools and daycares must continue to stay closed. Factoring in salaries and utilities, fixed monthly costs can reach millions of new Taiwan dollars. Subsidies only cover a fraction of that, leaving many schools struggling to survive. Meanwhile, parents have complained too, asking why fitness gyms can reopen, but
2: preschools cannot. At gyms, it's not fixed. They don't have a fixed group of people, not like preschools, where the flow of people is stable. The children and the teachers, they're all safe. The teachers have been vaccinated, but instead, they're allowing movie theatres to reopen, they're letting performance centres reopen. What's the deal with these micro-tour groups of less than nine people? Allowing those is more likely to raise the risk of cluster infections.
3: Actually,
2: I think that people who go to gyms practice self-control, but children in preschools are prone to not wearing the masks properly. So I think that this policy is Okay. I wouldn't want preschools to open so early because children are. They hug and kiss each other. You wouldn't know if a child's family had a COVID case.
1: As soon as the partial reopening was announced on Thursday, the health ministry's Facebook was flooded by messages from parents. One wrote, Can't send them to cram school, send them to a gym. Without preschool and cram schools, working parents said they can't find summer child (laughs)
2: care. By dint of their instructional method and the close teacher-student interactions they foster, preschools have a relatively high risk of viral transmission. For the time being, we will maintain the current situation.
1: The Ministry of Education said it would keep preschools closed for now and would discuss changes to the policy later with the CECC. In the meantime, complaints are sure to keep coming from schools and parents alike.
0: With the epidemic still spreading, Taiwan is pushing telecare or care offered remotely via telecommunications technology as a way for doctors to treat their patients safely. Major hospitals have started to launch telecare services to diagnose and treat their patients. Let's see it in action.
3: After showing your health insurance card and confirming your identity through the video camera, you can immediately enter a one-to-one online consultation room. For people wary of visiting hospitals in a pandemic, telecare consults are an option.
2: On the one hand, this domestic outbreak has put Taiwan's medical institutions on the verge of collapse. On the other hand, we have seen various problems arising, where a large number of people are afraid of seeking medical treatment. The telecare diagnosis and treatment system can divert the burden of in-person medical treatment and allow doctors to treat emergency and severe patients.
3: The National Health Insurance Administration has announced that hospitals and clinics in Taiwan can launch telecare in their clinics. Hospitals have partnered with digital platform providers to provide telecare consultation. With just a phone or laptop, patients can get a private consultation with a doctor.
2: The diagnosis and treatment system has three major functions, including smart registration and remote video services. People just have to download the app and register online.
0: The
3: Taipei Veterans General Hospital has 21 departments that provide telecare diagnosis and treatment. Once a consultation is scheduled, the doctor will conduct the diagnosis and treatment through a video or phone call. As of the end of June, nearly
0: 4,000 people have used the service.
2: In the video clinic, the doctor will first study the medical records. During the consultation process, the patient and family members will have the opportunity to express themselves without being interrupted. You can let the doctor see or hear your own problems so that the doctor can solve it. At the same time, the nurse will provide assistance. The doctor will assist the patient, help the patient feel more relief, provide medicine, and decide on follow-up treatment plans.
3: People that are interested can check the Ministry of Health and Welfare website to access the full list of hospitals that provide telecare. The list includes hospitals such as National Taiwan University Hospital, Mackay Memorial Hospital, and Tangan Memorial Hospital. For Most News, Stephanie Yang, Fang Zhenhui, in Taipei.
0: The White House's COVID response team has deleted a tweet containing the flag of Taiwan. The tweet, which listed all the recipients of American vaccine donations, was published this week and subsequently deleted without explanation. When asked why the graphic with Taiwan's flag was deleted, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that the tweet was an honest mistake. She said it should not be viewed as a shift in official U.S. policy. Taiwan's premier responded
2: on Thursday.
3: We saw that America, after
2: Since President Joe Biden has taken office, we have seen the U.S. make further moves in the interests of Taiwan's diplomatic space, Taiwan's regional security and even Taiwan's vaccine needs, speaking up on Taiwan's behalf and contributing to Taiwan. A bipartisan group of senators even flew to Taiwan on a military plane to announce a vaccine donation, and the amount of vaccines donated was three times the promised amount. We have seen the U.S. take concrete action to usher Taiwan out into the world step by step. The U.S. has given Taiwan very strong support. With regard to how our friends and partners handle their diplomatic strategy, we very much respect the decisions."
0: In related news, the new director of the de facto U.S. Embassy met with Taiwan's representative to the U.S. Shelby Kim this week. Incoming American Institute in Taiwan director Sandra Ottkirk spoke with Shell in Washington, discussing ways to advance Taiwan-U.S. ties. Ottkirk is to succeed Brent Christensen starting this summer, becoming the AIT's first female director. Thursday in Lithuania, a scene unfolded that's familiar to many Taiwanese. Military jets were scrambled from an airbase in response to two fighter jets from an enemy state. Lithuania is like Taiwan in that it faces a national security threat from a behemoth of a neighbor, which in Lithuania's case is Russia. In recent months, Taiwan and Lithuania have forged a close friendship that's founded on their shared democratic values. Lithuania's president and the Spanish prime minister held a news
1: conference on Thursday at a NATO airbase in Lithuania. It was suddenly interrupted when pilots ran toward a Spanish Eurofighter typhoon behind them. Staff hurried to remove the podiums and flags to make way for military jets to take off. The jets were scrambled in response to two Russian Su-24 jets flying over the Baltic Sea, approaching Lithuania's airspace.
2: We've just seen the reality of the situation here, which justifies Spain's presence in Lithuania with its seven Eurofighter typhoons.
1: Like Taiwan, Lithuania is constantly under threat by a neighboring country. Just recently, Lithuania announced a donation of 20,000 vaccines to Taiwan. In addition, the country's Minister of Economics and Innovation said Lithuania was expecting to establish a representative office in Taiwan in October or November.
2: I think we can't see Lithuania's interactions with Taiwan out of context or by itself. We need to contextualize it within the growing anti-China sentiment in Europe. The West has indeed been paying more attention to Taiwan. In this favorable environment, Taiwan must consider ways to substantially improve its friendly relations with Europe.
1: Besides Lithuania, many free democracies in Europe have come to see Taiwan as a like-minded partner. Scholars say the future is bright for Taiwan's alliances in Europe.
0: A record 20,000 workers were on furlough in June, a new high since the 2008 financial crisis. According to the Labor Ministry's latest figures, nearly half the furloughed workers in June are from the hospitality industry or the food and drink sector. The second biggest group, about 4,000 people, work in wholesale and retail. Experts say that the real unemployment figures could be higher than reported and that consumption will take a hit if furloughs keep growing. Nutritionists around the world have pointed out that a balanced diet can be helpful toward boosting immunity against COVID-19. But eating a little bit of everything can be a difficult task when stuck at home, especially for older adults. To help out home cooks in need of inspiration, Taiwan's Zhang Tong Foundation has released a video showing several nutritious recipes to prepare tender chicken meatballs and fritters. Packed with nutrients and soft to the bite, they are a delicious way to replenish one's nutrients right at home.
3: Experts say people over 60 and with deficient nutrition are at a higher risk of developing severe COVID symptoms. Previous studies have shown that a significant proportion of hospitalized COVID cases were malnourished, presenting vitamin C and D deficiencies. Nutritionists say that maintaining a balanced diet and eating high-quality proteins could be key to cutting down the risk posed by the disease. That is also supported by the International Society for Immunutrition, which says that keeping a diverse diet can help boost the body's immune functions in older adults. To help home cooks get ideas for nutritious meals, the John Tung Foundation has created a video with several nutritious recipes viewable online. One of the recipes featured is a chicken meat version of the classic lion's head meatballs. The chef says that chicken meat has less bite than pork, making the meatballs easier to chew for people with weaker teeth. The recipe also has a low saturated fat content.
1: Chicken is actually a good source of protein, but many seniors think it's very dry, so they don't like to eat it. So I want to give everyone a softer taste by making this lion's head chicken meatballs dish. In addition to chicken, we also added tofu to increase water retention and make it softer. Another recipe
3: featured is French-style chicken fritters. It's an especially good dish to make with leftovers that would otherwise get hard and dry in the fridge. The leftover meat from roast or from gongbao chicken can be diced into small cubes and folded into the batter with eggs and onions for a soft but
1: tasty bite. So on to the chicken. After skinning and deboning the chicken, we get pieces of chicken like this. I like to use a knife to cut them into pieces. If you tear it apart by hand, the pieces will follow the grain of the muscle, resulting in strips that are hard to bite. The John Tung Foundation also offers some tips on how to tenderize chicken flesh to make it easier on digestion. I'm going to share some tricks to make your chicken nice and tender. The first is very simple. You can just put the chicken into a brine, milk or yogurt and you let it marinate overnight. That's the easiest way to do it. Nutritionists say that in addition to consuming high-quality
3: protein, it's also important to eat fruits and vegetables and get plenty of sunshine to top off vitamin C and D levels. For most news, Stephanie Yang, Lu Botong, in Taipei.